0: Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Randy Rourke, and this is the Uncharted Podcast. Guys, we got some big stuff coming up in the new year. I am super loving it. We are doing strategic planning. That's me and Stephanie Goss working with you on where your practice is going. We're going to get into goal setting. We're going to get into core values, understanding meaning and purpose, and how to motivate your employees, how to make a plan for what's going to happen in the year, if you have not had any training in how to do strategic planning for your business, you need to get in on this class. It's free to uncharted members. It's $299 to non-members. It is January 9th and 10th, and we will be breaking it down, and you don't want to miss it. If you're like, ah, that sounds amazing. I hope he talks about inventory management, or you're like, ah, That's not a good time for me. And what I really need is inventory management. The one and only Jen Galvin is going to be doing an inventory masterclass It starts in January. It's running through April. There are multiple modules and sessions. It is a uh, it is a free to Uncharted members again, and it covers all of the inventory things. And it is uh, open to the public for $299 for the whole course. So uh, learn more, get more information at unchartedvet.com. Get registered for both of the events or either one of the events there as well, and I would love to see you in my strategic planning class with Stephanie. Jen Galvin is the bomb.com for inventory management, so do not miss those. Now, let's get into this episode. And now, the
1: Uncharted Podcast.
0: And we are back. It's me and Stephanie looking in the rear view, goss. (laughs) Oh,
1: how's it going, Andy? I feel like I i feel like I haven't seen you in a while.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, it's great. We just finished up the practice owner summit. That was fan flippantastic. That was better than I hoped. Uh, doing good in the world, helping out vet practice owners. So you and I did that, and that was awesome. And now <laughs> the holidays are in full swing, and I'm trying to, uh, you know, get presents ordered because uh, I'm not doing the crazy Yep. Shopping thing that I've done in the past. We go oh, there's a store downtown called Mass General Store, mm-hmm. and like they've got like all these really adorable little things. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like, love Mass General Store.
1: It's one of my yeah. it's one of my must hit spots when I come visit Greenville.
0: It's I love it, and it's even you know, they got they like super fluffy socks, mm-hmm. and you know they have like carabiners and that are shaped like. um like reindeer, right? You know, and just, just they have, they have really, they have kind of cool dog toys that other places don't have. Things just got is, is It's an awesome downtown store, but it is, it is the ultimate stocking stuffer store. Like you know, they just they sell the perfect size things at the sort of perfect price. And, yep. And the week before Christmas, it is just shoulder to shoulder in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just cannot move around. And so I'm having to – I know that's coming. I know that that is how it is. I know that I'm not going to go there. I, I just can't do that. I just can't do it. And so I'm, I'm forcing myself to get my ducks in a row and get Christmas planned. Yeah. And, uh, and that's that's what we're doing.
1: I can't imagine that place during a holiday. I mean, it's it's crazy enough. And it's one of those stores that you love to go and look in because there's stuff everywhere. So it's a little yeah. bit of sensory overload. I can't imagine during the holidays when there's – especially right now with COVID – That makes me claustrophobic just thinking about trying to get through someplace like that. And I'm right there with you. I thought about it. We had some nice weather a few weeks ago and I went out downtown with the kids just to walk around in the sunshine a little bit. And there were so many people out and we walked into a store and I literally walked like two or three steps in and was like, nope, and turned around and went right back out because there's so many people and it just felt so claustrophobic. And I was like, I just can't. I can't do it yeah. right now.
0: <laughs> I had this. I had this uh, weird experience where there's this. Um, there's this used bookstore mm-hmm. in town, and my daughter, my older daughter, who loves to read, was with me, and we we ended up, uh, you know, because I don't even know where we're going. Because like we don't. I, I think she just wanted to ride with me to go out. I think maybe we went and got, you know, like some sure. ice cream or something. Is like, it's it's my daughter. So my older daughter's thirteen. And I think she's starting to really feel like not be. You know, sort of being disconnected and not getting to do the things that she does with her friends uh Mm -hmm. on the regular and so i've been trying to spend some more time with her and and there's this used bookstore and i was like oh you know what stores are generally pretty safe it's not gonna be a big deal we'll go over there and we pulled up in front of this little store and we just looked in and there was three people without masks just sitting there in this small store with like books everywhere and they're just talking to each other and i could like i could picture like <laughs> the 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 you know the saliva particles in the air as they talk to each other in this small space and like i was just and i was like hey i don't know about this and then my daughter was like i'm not going there
1: <laughs> oh man i could i can picture that oh. i can totally picture it Oh, anyway. uh, right. so, I want to talk about something today. um, you have no control over this episode because we're gonna go where I want to go today.
0: Okay. Um, oh gosh,
1: <laughs> so it's super funny because a lot of people, since I have been working with you, a lot of people think that I know everything that is going on in Andy Rourke land. but truth be told, there's always way too much stuff for me to keep track of. And I generally have no idea what you're doing most of the time.
0: I don't, I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing most of the time. I, I don't know what's going on in your reclaim.
1: Um, <laughs> but I saw, um, I got, um, was looking at my journals cause I had a few minutes to catch up time. And I saw that an article just came out that you wrote and you were talking about some things in terms of 2020 in review. And I actually sat down and read the article, and I thought this is really, really good. Uh, a, which I, I, that sounds like I'm saying no, that well, with a surprise, you. and it it isn't surprising because I don't think I've read something that you've written that I haven't enjoyed. Um, but I really, I read it and I thought there's a lot of stuff here that is good in terms of talking about just in general. And what I really enjoyed the most, I think, is that as you do, you took something that most people think about. If I said, if I asked our listeners, <laughs> sum up 2020 in one, in one emoji or one word, there would be a lot of negativity. There would be a lot of head, head exploding <laughs> emojis. There'd be the angry face emojis. Yeah. There'd be the vomit lot, emojis. Like Lots of poop emojis yeah, is what I was poop. thinking. Yeah. <laughs> it would just be very, very negative because so much of 2020 has been so crummy in so many ways for all of us. And um, I love that you talked about it from a real perspective and acknowledged the crap, but you also managed to dig in and think about things from a positive spin. And so I was hoping that we could dive into some of the things that you talked about in the article, because I think that they're really good perspectives, um, especially for our audience and our listeners who really enjoy Trying to find some positivity even in the face of adversity, and so I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about some of the things that you thought about when mm-hmm. you sat down to think about 2020 uh, in review.
0: Well, well, first of all, th- <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for reading that. I, I, I always love when people actually read the thing that I wrote. Uh, so that's that's <laughs> first of all, that's nice. I, I I feel like a lot of my thoughts on 2020, looking back, are. They're very similar to what came out of the practice owner summit that you and I did just recently where I don't think you can look at twenty twenty and not fully acknowledge the hardship and the fact that it was uh challenging. It was a big setback. Most of us had big plans for twenty twenty that went totally into the waste paper basket. There were there was a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. Our staff carried a lot of stress, our clients carried a lot of stress. And no one would look at it and be like that was a that was an easy year. I, I don't think I, I just don't I don't think that that sentiment is out there at the same time I think it's time here at the end of the year to get sort of philosophic and to really look at it and to see the yin and the yang that's always there Mm -hmm. and I think the idea that this year was a waste throw it away I think emotionally I understand that realistically it was not a waste Right, uh, and this was this was a unique year in our lives. It, there's never been a year like it in my life. I'm sure that's probably true for for most people. I don't think anyone's seen anything <laughs> exactly like this. Yeah, I think throwing away that experience or just labeling it in your mind as. Dumpster fire and putting it out of your mind. I understand that that desire. I think that if you're really focused on, I want to be, I want to get better, I want to be better, I want to have a better business, I want to have a better career, I want to be a better human being, I want to be a more well-rounded human being, I'm be a more resilient human being. Then I, I don't think that you label it as crap and and toss it and never look back. I, I really do think here we are at the end. I think that we should look back at this year. I think this is a good assessment time. Because 2021 is going to be uh is gonna be a challenging year as well. You know, this is there's no right. You know, it's funny we talk about the new year. It's pretty darn arbitrary, <laughs> like this point in time. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we just picked a mm-hmm. day and was mm-hmm. like, here's when the new year starts. There's nothing magical that's going to happen on January one. I think 2021 is gonna be I think it's gonna be a good year. I, I'm I'm very, very optimistic. But I think taking some time and taking stock of 2020 and thinking about what actually happened and what we learned so that we can use it next year, I think that makes a lot of sense.
1: Well, I and I agree with you. And I think for a lot of us, I, I think that there is a small portion, childlike portion inside a lot of us who really have been sitting back kind of hopefully waiting for <laughs> New Year's Eve, thinking we can kick 2020 out the door and <laughs> 2021 is going to be so much better and i understand thinking like that and at the same time i think your point is spot on that there is nothing magical that is going to take place overnight on you know the 31st of december that will magically make january 1 completely and radically different from the night before like i think we have to really think about what what did we learn what do we want to change and as everything in life that is worth getting to or having there's hard work that goes behind that and so i i loved that perspective and that take that you took in terms of like let's let's sit down and think about this for a second
0: yeah well i do think that we can mentally reset like mm-hmm. that, that I, if there's anything if there's anything that's beautiful about the end of the year, I think it's purely psychological. It's not. It's not a real thing in the world. But but psychology matters. Yeah. Like you know, placebo effect is real. You know, and so if we decide this is a new start, and in our mind this is a new start, I do think we can restart. And I think that a lot of us probably need a restart. Right. And and I do think 2021 is going to be a, a good, a, a much better year. I really do. I've got. I mean, I'm super optimistic. Stuff. I I think. I think we understand uh, coronavirus in a way that we did not before. I think we understand that airflow and circulation is this massive deal. I think that when the spring comes and we open back up, I think people are going to embrace being outside. I think we can have safe outside dining. I think we can get uh, I think I, I think we're going to have camps back open for kids. I think the vaccine will be coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that we will um, you know, my kids didn't get to go to summer camp this year. And it's the thing that they really look for. It's a mm-hmm. highlight of the year. They're going next year. And I was thinking, even if, right. even if they don't do, if they, we don't have a vaccine by the summer, honestly, if, if the summer camp says, Hey, we're going to, uh, we're going to do testing of kids when they come and, uh, we're going to mm-hmm. ask people to quarantine before they come and they go to this camp and they're, they're outside 24 seven, even the cabins they sleep in right. have got like mesh underneath the eaves. Right. And so it's essentially like windows open all night long. And at some point I'm going to go, look, we know that, that kids, uh, we know that schools aren't, aren't big. Uh, Points of transmission. The kids are outside all the time. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm sending my kids to summer camp next year. Like uh, that—that's mm-hmm. a thats the thing that's going to happen that did not happen. And like I can look at those things and say, this is going to be okay. And no matter what, we are going to march in the right direction. And we learn so much, and it's just our protocols are so much better. And so, uh, so anyway, I am I am super optimistic. I think we have a lot of reasons to look forward to be happy and excited. But I also think, as I said before, I don't think we label 2020 as crap and throw it away. I really I'm going to put myself out there. There'll be a mixed reaction to this, but I'm going to say, I bet for a lot of us, 2020 is maybe the most important year of our lives. Maybe this is in, when we look back. This may be the best thing that ever happened. And I think of it like people talk about failure. You know, the best things that happened to me in my business, in my career were falling on my ass. Mm-hmm. They, they they, were things that really hurt and really sucked at the time. Mm-hmm. But man, did I learn a lot and did it change my perspective? And guys, I think we all went through that together collectively in 2020. And so I, I do see benefit and opportunity coming out of this. I, I do think that this is going to make a lot of us better people, and, and, ha- and I, I think it has the potential to make us happier people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And it's interesting because we, as you mentioned, we just did the Practice Owners Summit, and one of the things that we that we did uh, that was completely unrelated to the summit and really was more just a group of people wanting to get together and enjoy time with each other was we did a night out activity, and we, we spent some time just hanging out together and enjoying each other's company and we did some craft stuff all together and in the article you talked about answering the question of what did what if 2020 reminded us of something of what is really important. And you and I have talked a lot about Mm -hmm. feeling burnt out on social media and disconnecting from the internet and unplugging as our friend, Eric Garcia calls it unplugging from technology and really just spending some time outside of the digital world that we both live and work in. Right. And I think you had some great points about how to look at 2020 from a positive perspective in terms of the things that you have discovered or rediscovered in 2020 that are important and are personal connections.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that's, I think that's, that's been one of the big things in 2020 for me, right? I, I live my life on a plane. A, a lot of the time I'm in the clinic and then I'm on the plane and then I'm back in the clinic and then I'm back on the plane and, and all that stuff went away. Right. And and, you know, uh, and I was like, Captain Social Media, you know what I mean? And and I enjoy that stuff. I enjoy communicating with people. I'm like, well, guys, you know, this year we had sort of this perfect storm of, like, travel shut down. So I wasn't going anywhere. Right. And then social media and the media in general were freaking awful. Yeah. You know, it was just election stuff. Like We are being wildly emotionally manipulated by the media in this country. And again, I don't mean to be conspiracy theory, but we live in this world where our media is not motivated to give you honest, accurate, insightful, you know, well thought out information, they're meant to get you to spend time engaging. And that comes from driving strong emotions. And so mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of us, at least for me, I hit a point of emotional exhaustion. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. My wife was like, did you see what happened in the news? And I was just like, honey, I just can't, you know, I can't, yeah. I can't, yeah, yeah. I can't start my day this way. You know, I, I, I can't, I will wait. And at some point today I will skim through the headlines and not click on anything. Like, like that's what, that's what I'll do. Yeah. And, and, and you just start looking and and just the media, just everything is terrifying and everything is, this is going to be awful. And at some point you just go, I just, I just can't, I just can't do this. And so I put that stuff down and I got on social media and I see people just fighting all the time. I just, I, and for me this year was just, it was like the tipping point. It was like, I have enough stress that I could look at that and say, I just can't. This is not interesting to me. I I can't engage with this." So I just put so much of that digital noise away, Mm -hmm. and my life just got better. And the other thing is, because because I'm not running off and trying to do hobbies, or I'm not uh, hanging out with people, I ended up being much more intentional about my time, Mm -hmm. and so I end up sitting down at the end of the day and go, what am I doing? And my kids say, Dad, will you play this board game with us? And I say, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I will. Mm-hmm. And I sit I sit with my kids. Yesterday, I came home for lunch, and my kids uh, were on virtual school break. Mm-hmm. And they said, or I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk the dog real fast, because that's what I do on lunch break. Mm-hmm. And they said, can we come? And I said, of course you can come. And I got a solid 25 minutes just talking to my kids about their day and what was going on. And we talked about some holiday stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, guys, that, that is where connection comes from. That's where relationships come from. Like, It really, at some point it is about having meaningful relationship is putting in that time. And I think a lot of us realize at some point, like if you really want to have a meaningful relationship and i mean a relationship where, where, where you can call someone when you're in a pinch and they're going to come and help you, Mm -hmm. they're going to put down what they're doing and come, Mm -hmm. you got to invest time in that relationship. Yeah. And I, I feel like my schedule was involuntarily cleared, right? And I filled it with relationship time with my wife and with my kids. You know, right. um, I I stop and talk to my neighbors because they're out in their yards because they don't have things right. to do. Yeah, you know? they're not going anywhere either. They're not going anywhere, and I don't have anything to get back to. So I stand and I talk to them, and I stand in the street with my dog on a leash, right? And they stand in their yard, and we talk about the right. neighbors or the neighborhood, right. and we, <laughs> you know, and and I. I, I've never been as connected to a community as I am right now right. after a year of walking my dog multiple times a day and talking to the neighbors right. and like this, I, I feel, uh, peace and, and I feel centered in a way in my community that I've never felt before. Yeah.
1: And I, I totally get that. And I, that's one of the beautiful gifts that I feel like has come out of this year. I mean, if you had asked me a year ago, would I be looking forward to, an event on my calendar that consisted of sitting down in my living room and working on a craft project while being on video with 12 other people, I would have told you you were absolutely nuts. Like That doesn't sound like fun at all. But I Mm -hmm. really have enjoyed those little opportunities to connect with friends and people that I want to spend time with and also just do things that I didn't Um, prioritize making time for as much before. Like, you know, I have always enjoyed doing some of the hobby things that I am uh, enjoying now. But I think one of the unexpected benefits of 2020 and being trapped in our homes has been where do we refocus that energy? Because when the four walls close in. you got to find something mm-hmm. to do. And so I know I've had conversations with friends and with family about, you know, discovering new books, discovering new music, people taking online classes, people working on arts and crafts. You and I both have really enjoyed the the crafting. I mean, 2020 brought you the gift of discovering craft stores. I mean, let's talk about that for a second because <laughs> yeah. that's like
0: a whole new world for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. Like, I started looking for things to do with my kids and things that I could just do in the evenings, you know, with the, that didn't involve going out. And I started painting. And so I picked up some paintbrushes and is I'm not right. good. I'll just say that, but like I love. There's the uh, Mr. Rogers was. Uh, the, there's a clip of Mr. Rogers drawing something, and he's like, "I'm drawing a house, and it's not very good, but that's okay." And like that's me. <laughs> that's totally me with my paintbrush going. This is supposed to be a tree. It looks like a. It looks like a spear. That's okay. Um, yeah,
1: I I love it. Yeah. It's it's totally funny. My that's actually something that I have embraced as well is for myself, but also. I embrace it as a parent primarily for my kids because my kid um, discovered the Bob Ross series on whatever Netflix or Hulu or whatever it's on. Somebody's broadcasting it and streaming and my kid has discovered it and he loves it and he will sit there and he will watch hours of Bob Ross teaching how to paint. And one of the things that I have embraced for him is, you know, then he wants to try it and he's painting and he's like, this is, he's so good and this is so terrible. And I'm like, It's great. Bunny, like you are nine and Bob Mm -hmm. Ross (laughs) went to school and learned design and learned art and has way more life lessons than you have at nine years old. And it's great. And learning and embracing that, you know, I'm drawing a house and it's not good, but it's okay. Like you're enjoying just doing the thing. And I think that that has certainly been a really nice lesson, unexpected, but definitely one that I have learned through exploring some of that stuff with my kids as well
0: my wife said uh just recently god why did we schedule ourselves so tightly bef- in the in the before mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. you know and it i mean and it wasn't we did what, what most parents do but you know we've got two different kids doing two different things on a weeknight and we're splitting and who's taking this who's taking this kid here and who's taking that kid there and what are we going to do for dinner and you're gonna you guys be on your own for dinner and you figure this out and and that all ended. And now we all help cook dinner together. And then we sit down and we eat. And it's just a different pace and it's a different lifestyle. And I do see the beauty in it. And I'm not even saying that we won't go back to, you know, to doing those things or being scheduled that way. I don't think we'll ever go back to being scheduled. The way that we were right now that we've sort of seen the other side, and we, but we will get busier and we will go back. Right. But I still think even if it's just a snapshot, I still say my kids were 13 and nine years old and I had this year that we ate every meal together. And, you know, and I think it's something that will influence our relationship probably forever. And, so, and the same thing, I was bringing it back, bring it back to the clinic. It's the same thing with the staff is like, I found myself just talking to the techs mm-hmm. and to the other doctors, and I talked to them about their spouse, and I talked to them about their hobbies, and I talked to them about the books that they were reading and the shows that they were watching. Why? Is, well, because I, I didn't have a whole lot right. of else going on, right? You know, I wasn't scheduling things, I wasn't plugged into social media, I wasn't doing these other things. I was just visiting with them, and I think that spirit of community kind of kind of kind of spilled over. You know, the the other part about 2020, it's sort of a similar vein. I think it's had a big impact on most all of us uh, as we start to think about our priorities and like what's really Mm -hmm. important. I think, you know, back in the before time, I thought about uh, going on vacation and I got mad when I got stuck in traffic and things like that. Right. And in 2020, I'm thinking about my family being healthy and how lucky I am for that. And I'm grateful for the support of my spouse. And I, uh, I'm grateful I'm getting to know my neighbors and you know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. just thinking about the things that are important, mm-hmm. I would re-rank priorities this year in a way that I would not have ranked them before, because I just didn't, again, we sort of lost that perspective of what is really important because it never came up, mm-hmm. you know, uh, before. So I think that that's probably a permanent impact on my, on my health and my thinking. I think the big thing is what is important. And I've never been so grateful for the health of my family or, or just having time with people.
1: I love that point about the looking at the things that we're grateful for. And I think one of the pieces of the article that resonated with me is also one of the things that I'm grateful for. And you talked about the question of what if 2020 showed us what is in our power and what is not. And I really loved that section because I am very much... A control freak to a degree, which probably won't surprise any of our listeners. Um, I live in, I live by my calendar. I like things to be done very much in a certain way. Control is control is a big thing for me. And um, I think 2020, for me, one of the biggest struggles has been the loss of control and mm-hmm. that having to deal constantly with the question of, I don't know what to do and having to figure that out. And yet at the same time, I think that being forced to think about the fact that I am not in control and, and really focus on what are the things that I truly can control has been an actually an extraordinary gift. And I feel like you talked about that in such an eloquent and true way. Uh, it really resonated with me.
0: Well, well thanks. Yeah, I mean, I... I love the saying, like, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And I was like, oh, buddy, I was giving that guy real material last year. Like we had big plans, big plans. Yeah. And the lesson in 2020 that I took away was, and you have no idea what's going to happen. You know, you have no idea what's going to happen. And it's funny how many times over this year I have started to go down a path of worrying about things or people say, but what's going to happen when this happens? And I go, you know what? You have no idea if that's going to (laughs) happen. You have no idea if that's going to actually come to fruition. But what happens when people say that? Like, look, we we may never get there. And it's good to entertain that idea, but not to get emotionally invested in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it's it's liberating to be like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I don't know uh, if this is going to be. You know, people go, "Well, how are we going to handle the problem in the summer when people come pouring back in?" It's like, who the heck knows what is going to happen <laughs> right. in this in this world? We just we just don't know, and nothing is guaranteed. So we we may not be here to see the summer. Who knows?
1: And I I think that's totally true. And I I think the way that it kind of manifested, um, you talked a little bit about doing our job as veterinarians. And I think that manifested so clearly for me as a practice manager from the perspective of like, you know, when, when all of this started in March, it was okay, how do I plan the whole thing out in black and white? Like, how do we respond to this? How do I have a, how do I have a 12 month plan now from here? Like, how do, how do I change that? And I feel like 2020 looked at us and said, here, hold my beer over and over (laughs) and over and what I finally learned after getting smacked with it in the face enough was I can't make a plan for more than a day or two at a time at this point, right. because something will change. Right. Some new disaster will happen. So, you know, something that I have said, okay, I'm going to roll in this direction. Something will cause the direction to change.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll give you an example for right now. It's tempting. And I hear a lot of people do, looking ahead at the future and uh, trying to make uh, sort of like a I'll a... a crystallized year-long right. plan and i go that's a waste yeah. time they, you know and people say to me but andy what if the biden administration comes in and changes the tax plan what about uh when people get vaccinated what about you know blah 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 and I go you i have no idea and neither do you who knows? and and who knows right. there's no control i don't know if the taxes are going to change I don't know if uh, I don't know if there's actually going to be a vaccine that's going to show up. It looks like there is. No right. idea. I don't know if people. I don't know if it's going to be available, even though it's uh, prepared. I I don't know when. I'll get it as opposed to when other people will get it. I don't know if people actually take it. I fully expect that there are going to be people who are going to rage against it and the anti-vaxxer people are going to be wild and out of control. And I I have no idea and I can't predict what's going to happen or how it's going to go or any of those things. I have no control over any of that. And I can either wring my hands and try to make a plan that changes and changes and be devastated every time my plan falls out because the world has changed, or I can say, I don't know about any of that. All I can do is look at where I am right now and what's going on in my practice, and I can fix that thing that's right in mm-hmm. front of me. And so from a management standpoint, that is, I can set mass policies. Right. I can look at the information that we have about COVID virus and say, hey, uh, airflow is a big deal. And I can talk about air purifiers and I can talk about uh, looking at, hey, do guys, do we still want to put people in exam rooms where they're going to sit for an hour in a small box that doesn't have ventilation? And then we're all going to go in there and hang out. Like, right. are we going to do that? <laughs> and and again, I'm, I feel like I'm getting getting kind of mass political here and I'm not trying to. It's just I use that as an example of this is something that's in my control. Right. You know, and so I can put my hands on the wheel and do this. The other part is and this this is in the best part. So for, for things that we do like with Uncharted and for me doing like lectures and things like that, all that stuff got destroyed right. this last year. I haven't, I haven't, right. you know, and, and again, i sort of mentioning this again, because I did, I, I usually spend about 75 to a hundred days out of the year on the road. And I have spent like 20 days, maybe 10 days this right. year on the road. I did early year right. stuff and then I've zero days in the last, you know, mm-hmm. eight months. And so I put that forward to say that I had big, you know, I had big plans, and I was going to do these things, and I was going to develop. There's some talks that I wanted to make, and some things that I thought would be great to share, and none of it happened. And so that sort of presenting thing, uh, we, you know, for Uncharted, we had we had live conferences planned. We were going to do our GSD conference in person, and we were going to do these summits and maybe some smaller events, and like they were all coming together, and they were all play- and they all went away, and they were all ephemeral. But what didn't go away? is the work that we do in the clinic. You know, the pets are going to be sick and I am going to be there and I'm going to put my hands on them and I'm going to work on them and I am going to practice good medicine and I am going to do my vaccines and I am going to do my surgeries and I am going to do my preventive medicine and I am going to do my treatment of the ill. And that did not change. Right, and it was something that I could show up and do every day. So as the whole world swirls around and people scream at each other about who they're going to vote for, I could ignore all of that stuff and just put my head down and work on the thing that's right in front of me. And you talk about the, you know, uh, I talk a lot about Buddhism and kind of sort of the philosophy there, and. You know, the Buddhists talk about being in a place of Zen, and Zen is just being fully engaged. Mm-hmm. It's about being 100% engaged in, in what you're working on. And one of the measures of success, of meaning, of purpose that I've really fallen in love with is, is losing time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, according to this idea of Zen, and some people call it flow, you know, when you lose track of time, when it's lunchtime and then all of a sudden it's six o'clock and you're closing up, mm-hmm. the reason that you lost track of that time is because you were fully engaged with what you were doing. And isn't that mm-hmm. amazing? Right. Like how many people get to how many people lose track of time when they're doing their job? Like we are we have the potential to be fully engaged with what we're doing. And again, the world can swirl on around us. But these are the things that are in our control. So I think that that philosophically, you know, if we lean into these things, we do have control and we do have power and we do make a difference. And, uh, you know, regardless of what's happening, I made a difference for this pet. I made a difference for this family. I made a difference for these owners. Right. Like mm-hmm. I did the thing and I I undoubtedly helped yeah. people regardless of what happened. And that was the thing that I fully controlled. So I, I, I don't think I ever really necessarily realized how beautiful that is until this year when I had to step back and go, look, I do not have control of many things. I don't have control of. If there are conferences for me to go Mm -hmm. to of whether or not airlines work, I don't have control of whether or not my kids are going to have sporting events. I don't have control of what the school system is going to do. I don't have control of, um, you know, how uh, the government is going to handle, uh, you know, a pandemic. I don't have control of any of that thing. But the thing I do have is how I Mm -hmm. treat pets and how I treat people, how I treat my staff, how I treat my family, like how I treat my community. Like, I do, like, those are things that I do control. And so I found a lot more purpose in, in that.
1: Well, and I think for, for those of us in the clinic, one of the things that we have struggled with that has been a beauty and the beast is the fact that we do control what is happening in the clinic. And so there are a lot of us who are like, we can only do what we can do. And so we're going to control our environment. We can control The fact that we won't let clients in the building without a mask on, or that we won't let clients in the building at all, or whatever it is for us in our clinic, we have recognized that we are in control of that. And the beast of it is, is that not all of our clients like the way that we're choosing to control that. And so there's struggle and challenge there. But the beauty of it is, is that we're doing it so that we can protect our team so that we can protect our clients and we can have some boundaries that we maybe didn't have before or that weren't so strong before and so that we can continue to be there and to be able to serve our clients and our patients. And I think that that has been when you step back and you Zoom back from the client who's mad because you won't let them in the building without a mask on or the client who's mad because you won't let them come in to use the bathroom or whatever it is, when you zoom back from that in the moment and look at the overview, it really is a pretty awesome thing to see how so many of us have pulled together with our teams and looked at what feels important. You know, it's taking care of each other. It's taking care of our clients and taking care of our patients and that we have collectively been able to work more as a group to make more of that happen. That feels really good. And it also I have spent more time in that place of flow and Zen, like you're talking about where you're fully engaged to doing that. And you look up at the clock and you're like, wow, it's six 30 already. Like where, where yeah. the heck did the day go? Because it, it just, you're so focused on just doing the thing and enjoying yeah. the, you know, enjoying the COVID puppies and kittens. I mean, yesterday we were slammed. It was crazy. And they said, hey, we have a surgery discharge and there's nobody to do it. Can you do this discharge? And I said, sure. And then at, in the moment, I was irritated because I was in the middle of doing something. And I was like, I don't have time for this either. And I was like, but I'm okay, I'm going to do it. And so I procrastinated a minute. I finished what I was trying to do so I was at a stopping point and I could walk away from my computer. I went back into the treatment room and there was this little fluffy toy poodle and uh, he was an older, an older pet and he was still, he was still waking up. So he was very much enjoying his drugs. He was swerving a little bit (laughs) and he just looked so cute And just a a little mess in his cage. His face was so wet from his dental. So I get him out and I'm cleaning him up and I'm drying him off. And he's just like loving and leaning back into me. And I'm like, no, I wrapped him up in a blanket. I'm like, it's kind of cold. This thing weighs like three pounds. I get all his stuff together. And then I went up front and I'm like, gosh, I'm gonna have to take him outside and stand there and talk to his mom. And so I grabbed my jacket because it was pouring rain and I tucked him inside my jacket and I zipped him up. So he's in a little pouch inside my jacket And I just had this Mm -hmm. moment of like, oh, my God, I like I'm loving on him. And it just felt so good. And it was just it was a stupid little moment. And I went out and his mom was just beside herself. She was like, oh, my God, he looks so cute. Thank you so much for taking such good care of him. I didn't. I didn't think about it as doing anything special. It just was like the moment of like, this dog is really cute and I want to snuggle it, you know, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. but it it was, it was that feeling of truly being fully engaged. And I will admit it's been a long time since I have been, that truly engaged with a patient, where I'm not thinking about the fifty bazillion other things that I need to get done. And in that that five minute period of time, I was connected and grounded in a way that that I don't get to feel when I'm putting out fires every every day all day long. And it felt really, really good. Yeah. And it was that it was that same moment of I walked back inside and I looked at the clock and I'm like, Holy cow! How is it almost six thirty already?
0: Yeah, I, I think that I think that's a great example those are the things that did not really occur to me before yeah. this year and now i see them and go yeah. oh this is what it means to be engaged in your yeah. job this mm-hmm. is what it means to you know to to have control over what you're doing these are the things that actually matter because they fully involve me and me being present and i make the decisions to make these happen and and the outcome here is, is actually in my mm-hmm. control and i think that i think that a lot of us had incorrect visions of what we really controlled Until this year. And now I think I I just, I appreciate those things so much more. The other thing about what we control is, and I think this is a net, I think this may be one, this may be the biggest, I'll I'll go that far. This may be the biggest positive outcome for the vet profession coming out of 2020 is that we got pushed to decide what we can control and what we can't control. And we actually, as a profession, set some boundaries Mm -hmm. that we haven't set before. Yeah. And I think a lot of us have been have been pushed to that point, and, and I th- I can tell you in, in myself in my own behavior is, I'm one of those people who kind of goes along, and I you know I, I generally make pe- make people happy, and I, I tend to um you know, just to, to make things work right. and just get it done, and this and that's a good thing, and I think most vets are that way of like you know I'm not super rigid, I tend to be very easygoing and easy to get along with, and that's great. And I think that one of the things about 2020 is I did come to a place where I said okay. What am I going to control and what I'm not going to control? And then we end up having thoughts about I'm going to go to bat for my team. Right. Or I am not going to I'm not going to get COVID or I am not going to, you know, uh, or, or let that come into my hospital or I'm going to protect my protect my people. Or um, there's a massive influx of new patients and new puppies, which is great for our profession. But I am not going to work myself until I die mm-hmm. or until the staff quits and then I'm shorthanded. I, I am not going to work us until until we can't work anymore and people just drop. And so I'm going to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of where that control dove, dovetails into it's time to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. And never before have I seen so many clinics making plans to say, this is our last appointment is at 530 and we do not let people walk in after that. And we are going to go home and we are not going to you know, uh, stay late and do these surgeries that we don't want to do. Like we are going to be intentional Mm -hmm. about the work that we do and we are going to go home and we are going to rest and we are going to make our people take their lunch breaks because they are stressed and they are tired and they need to take a lunch break and make and keeping them working is is bad for them. It's bad for us. It's bad for the patients. Mm-hmm. It's bad for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do think that a lot of us uh, we leaned into uh, into the digital era and digital communication. We had more practices taking up texting. We had people using phone services, uh, virtual CSRs like Guardian Vet. Mm-hmm. Um, just having people working from home doing CSR mm-hmm. stuff. I I think that we looked at a lot of things and said, let's support our people. And let's set some boundaries so that they can rest Mm -hmm. and recharge. And I think that that was long overdue. But I do think that that is a benefit coming out of this year.
1: Yeah, and I I love the uh, the boundary perspective is is so huge. And I think it's a fat lesson that a lot of us have needed to learn for a long time, and we've avoided it and procrastinated, like staring at it in the face. And I think twenty twenty put it right in front of us and said you can't avoid me any longer like you have to really you have to look at this and I I think that that is is totally true and I think it's also been one that we have wrestled with the most because it's really easy to just think well it's just you know it's just is it what hurt what harm is it going to do if I say yes to one more patient and mm-hmm. and then we find ourselves drowning and thinking why did I say yes to that <laughs> one that yeah. one more patient, you know, and, and so it is it is a hard lesson, but I, I agree with you that it is arguably probably one of the best lessons for our industry coming coming out mm-hmm. of this year. And I think you, um you know, you played on to the other one that is, has been huge for us, which is the technology piece of it. And it was an unintended benefit, I feel like, and an unexpected one. But veterinary medicine, as we both know, is not has not been known as uh, cutting edge when, it, when right. it comes to technology or staying ahead of the curve in tor- in terms of communication with our clients and, and digitizing things. I mean, the reality is everybody listening probably knows a clinic locally that's still sending you actual faxed, handwritten records, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, and And 2020 has caused us to look at it and say, we don't have choice anymore. There are some things that we have to get – with the times and I don't think that we have even worth it it's the tip of the iceberg like I don't think we've we've seen the biggest that is yet to come for us as a field because I feel like 2020 forced us all to kind of get with it in a survival mode. And I Mm -hmm. am so looking forward to, you know, as a, as a technology nerd, I am so looking forward to 2021 and beyond where we as an industry start to look at it, not out of survival mode, but, but from a place of how do we thrive using some of this stuff? Because the changes are going to be immense.
0: Yeah. And, and, and talk about important, you know, I, I, I do think again, you know, in hindsight and, and having some distance in perspective, I I can absolutely see our profession getting much faster, mm-hmm. much more efficient, much easier to to deal with for pet owners, mm-hmm. and, and and I can see us absolutely saying, oh man, we're we're able to handle more clients or more cases than we were before because we leverage technology and we do these te- these things differently. Totally. And, and and I could absolutely imagine a scenario where we look back and say, 2020 was the turning point where people who had not wanted to get involved with technology were really forced to and we kind of broke through. And after that we were able to introduce new technologies mm-hmm. and new workflows and new systems. And we worked together using these new tools mm-hmm. and we got better and faster and faster and better. Yeah. Uh, and in, I, I can, I can absolutely see that. The, the, the big thing I, I sort of want to wrap up and end on is again, I, I, I do think the boundary part is really good. I got into an argument with a veterinarian last night about <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> in that I said, um, This has pushed us to set boundaries and you don't have to see all the pets. And I've talked about that many Mm -hmm. times before. I think it has made us look and say, there is a capacity that I have. Mm -hmm. And beyond that capacity, I'm not doing good work and I'm burning out and that's not sustainable. And that's my point, and I stand by my point, and I and I believe that. And I had a, a veterinarian uh, who argued back strongly and said, "I will, I can see all the pets, and I will see all the pets, and I've seen all the pets for thirty years, and that this is this is not uh, the mentality that we should have. We should do, we should do all the things." And um, there are people who, who think that. There's people who have had their careers that way. I stand by what I said, and 2020 sort of makes that clear for mm-hmm. me. You can't see all the pets. Mm-hmm. You have a capacity. You have to take care of yourself. This is the long game. Right. And if you burn out and you and if you're miserable in your life, right. that's not success. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, know, you don't – and there's no big reward at the end that makes it all worth it. It, it just doesn't exist. And so you have got you got to be happy, and you got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of your staff. And uh, COVID has uh, in twenty twenty have made me really believe that even more strongly, and put that into practice. So that that's that's sort of the end for me on on boundaries. The the last thing I want to say about twenty twenty is um it, one of my one of my favorite ways to sort of think about it is I uh, had a, a patient that came in and it was this uh, wild like two year old rambunctious orange tabby cat named Gus and Gus is in the room and he's missing one of his back legs and he's you know he's still he's up on the countertops and he's like you know he's knocking gauze uh, <laughs> pads off the tape you know what I mean and just 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 like both claws out uh-huh. you know just springing forward just bang 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 pounce 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 he's a two year old cat that, that thinks he's a kitten and he's flying around and check the cat out and of course he he's he's complete wide open wild man and i said you know how do you think gus is doing and they said oh he's amazing he's fine and i said i have some bad news and they said what and i said he's missing a leg <laughs> <laughs> and they they acted stunned for a moment <gasps> and then what? you know and then and then we i yeah, know and then we, <laughs> i love that joke yeah i love i use it all the time it's such a dad joke uh, I use it all the time. Whenever there's a three-legged pet, it's like I have bad news. He's missing a leg. Um, and they they laugh and stuff. And it's funny because I think that Gus is is a metaphor for this year in a way of the three-legged cat. Where it's like I think we I think we do a disservice when we look at 2020 from a strategic standpoint, from a growth standpoint, and we compare it to 2019 or 2018 and go, God, that was a terrible year, right? Right? I think that the healthiest way to look at it is this thing. 2020 was a three-legged cat. It was not it was not a normal year right there was something completely abnormal like at a fundamental level right. it was different from other years Gus is a perfectly wonderful great cat 2020 was a perfectly well it's hard to say perfectly wonderful great year <laughs> 2020 was its own year. Right. <laughs> With its
1: own personality.
0: With its own personality. (laughs) Comparing Gus to a four-legged cat makes Gus look less than. Right. You know, and Gus is not less than. And comparing 2020 to other years that don't have a pandemic and an election and all the other craziness of 2020 makes 2020 seem less than. I think that my big message at the end of, of all of this is that 2020 is the year of the three-legged cat. Mm -hmm. And so take it for what it was and look at it and enjoy what you can in it and get out what you want from it and then go on. But I think that there's danger in just saying that cat's missing a leg and it's less than, and I don't want a less than cat, you know? uh, So anyway, that's, that's sort of my final thought on 2020.
1: I love it. I love it. 2020, Mm -hmm. the year of the three-legged cat so so true and you know what gus he's missing a leg
0: he is gus is missing a leg <laughs> all right guys well thanks stephanie thanks for having the conversation i always appreciate it i loved it it was this was great you guys i hope that um i hope
1: that 2021 brings new things and change for all of us which it will right okay. like yep. life is always changing and n- n- no matter what the calendar will flip forward, and even if it doesn't change immediately on January 1, things will still change. And I think your point, Andy, at the beginning of all of this it was very, very true, which is that our mindset matters. Mm-hmm. And if all we do is sit and think, God, 2020 was a dumpster fire. Like, let's close the books on that without looking at what did we actually learn from it? Yeah. And what could we take in a positive light and move forward into 2020 with? I think that there is huge value in that. And so I, I was one of those ones where I was like, I'm so done with 2020. Like, can we just move on with life? But I really appreciated having the opportunity to look at it from a different perspective, because there is a lot of value in the hard lessons and the crappy yeah. ones that we've been forced to learn in 2020.
0: You know, I, I think that there's a parallel between 2020 and like, and the 9-11 tragedies in some ways. And, and this is just sort of a parting thought. Think about how many people over the next five to 10 years after that started the story and said, well, I was doing this thing. And then 9-11 happened and I had this change in perspective. And I've heard so many people tell those stories about, about significant changes in their life. 9-11 mm-hmm. happened, and I had this change in perspective and blank. Guys, I think we're going to be hearing that story in five to 10 years for about 2020. I was doing this. I was living mm-hmm. this way. I had these mm-hmm. values. I was aspiring to these things. And then 2020 happened, and my perspective changed, and mm-hmm. I found something that was more meaningful, more purposeful, more fulfilling, more successful. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think those stories are coming. I also think 2021 is going to be, um, I think 2021 is going to be a good year. That that That's what I think. I think, mm-hmm. and this is just my crystal ball, which has failed me. I will say for the last year, uh, but I, I feel like it's. I feel like it's kind of. It's been flickering, and like there was an out of order sign floating in it for a while, and now I feel like I feel like it's working again. We may have to reboot the crystal ball Wi-Fi one more time, but um, but my wife my my crystal ball says. The election is over. Uh, General stress is calming down. The vaccines uh, is coming. We had, as of recording, today was the first day that a non-trial person in the world received the vaccine. There will be people who push back against it, But overall, it will roll out. People will continue to be protected. We'll probably continue to wear masks. I think the spring is going to come. The doors will open back up. People will start eating outside again at restaurants. I think the summer is going to come and there's going to be outdoor activities for kids. And we're going to be able to expand and and get back and and live our lives probably more outside while people are getting vaccinated. And and I'm just optimistic that the fall is going to bring a a level of normalcy that we haven't seen before. I think we're going to have our Uncharted Culture Conference in October. My plan is for that to be live uh, here in Greenville. Fingers crossed. But yeah. um, I think that, you know, VMX has rescheduled. The, the VMX conference is rescheduled for June. I think that there's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for them. I'm You know what I mean? I, but yeah. I think when things like that start to hit, I do yeah. think that we're going to be um, doing okay. I think economically, uh, I think that Once vaccine again starts to to roll out, I think we're going to see an economic resurgence, and so um, I I I think that I think that we're looking at brighter skies up ahead. I really do. I think we have to get through the winter. We have to keep morale up. We have to support our people. We have to make good decisions. We have to control. We control right now, but but brighter skies are ahead.
1: Yeah, I love it. Have a great week, you guys. Everybody, take
0: care. See you guys. And that is what we got for you today. I hope I hope you leave in the year with some sunshine. I hope you're feeling good about where we're going and how things are shaping up. I hope you see the blue skies ahead because, guys, there are blue skies ahead. Hang in there. You got this. If you want some support, if you want some encouragement, if you want some people who will pick you up and prop you up, uh, give you advice, uh, cheer you on, celebrate your victories, check out Uncharted uh, Veterinary Community. We really do have something magical and special, and it is super uplifting and useful. Uh, UnchartedVet.com. You can learn more. I'd love to see you in the community. All right, guys, take care. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What's important has sort of changed, and I've never been so happy for, you know, the health of my family. And if you want to just pick it up from there, then we'll go from there.
1: Okay. Okay, hang on one second. Jackson, what is it that you need? No, you did not. You would be screaming on the floor in pain if you broke a bone in your butt. Please get up and get out of my room and shut the door. I'm going to count to three. One. Two. Thank you. Shut the door. Thank you. I broke a bone in my butt. I I can't. God bless him. Uh, All right.